everybody. This is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, we have a very special guest, Robert Gibbons, coming live from Brooklyn, New York. It is an Thank honor. <laughs> it's an honor to be in your presence. It's an oh, honor to be in your virtual see. company. It is. Robert is yeah. an amazing poet, professor, creator, activist, educator. And it's very important that we sit and discuss his journey, his power, yes. brilliance. Thank you. Yes, um, thank you. I'm, I'm just so excited because we, once again, were connected through Obsidian. He was in yes. A. <laughs> yes. That was, wow, so many powerful people <laughs> in that group. We wow. had a powerful think group, about right? it. Yeah. Amazing, amazing people. Yeah. Robert's energy is just, you know, so radiant, so full of joy and passionate. And I just, you know, connected with him because not only are we from the South, but we also, you know, have moved and have been inspired by other communities and other places. Him going yes. to New York, me being in Puerto Rico. But um, I think yes. it's important to just connect and just know a little bit more about you. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, Robert. First of all, thank you so much. It's always uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to share and connect with wonderful, powerful, creative energies like yourself. Um, I grew up in I grew up in a little place called Bell Glade, Florida, and Bell Glade is on the southern shores of Lake Okeechobee, meaning the glamour of Palm Beach is the water of the beach, and then I live on the other end of the county, which is the Everglades. The plantation, the sugarcane fields, the peonage, the to the all of the things. But fortunately, I had strong uh, parents and strong ancestors that decided that although we are in this situation, but never give up, always, always pursue. And I had a mother who was a third grade teacher. So is a third grade teacher, but she's in retirement now. But, you know, she always taught us the love of learning. So that's the great thing. And that's the reason I was exposed very early to uh, writers of color, readers of color. I was I was introduced to Zora Neale Hurston. I was introduced to Langston Hughes. I was introduced to James Baldwin and those kinds of things. And my mom would read to me. I'm her oldest. So she would read to me as a kid. And she also said she read to me when I was in her womb. So that's very, very a powerful connection. So journey already set out for me. The fact that your mother was able to read and introduce you to these powerful people like yes do them and so i think it's interesting that you have been connected to literature and learning throughout your journey yes you know langston hughes is your news tell me a little bit of how that discovery happened and then how your process of adjusting to new york from Florida was inspired right. by him. Uh, my mom used to read poems about Langston Hughes to me and other uh, other other writers, you know, Azora Near Hurston. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I have a book coming out. I collaborated with a, a visual artist here in Brooklyn and she did 18 paintings to Zora and I did 18 poems and that book is coming out next month. But uh, she, my mom would read to me as a kid and I was like, wow, I want one day I want to go to Harlem. I want to be a part of Harlem Renaissance. You know, I want to see... You know, I want to see where Langston live and I want to see, you know, where Duke and where 
with County and Ella and all the great jazz musicians and Charlie Parker, you know, because they're all connected, especially with the Harlem Renaissance, you know, they all the writers and poets and Madam C.J. Walker and all the stories that we read. So she kind of really, what can I say, cultivated that love of learning beyond the classroom. My mother was a third grade teacher. So of course, being a third grade teacher and having five kids, that's not an easy life. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's not an easy life. You have your own situation at home and you have your situation at school. But she was able to do it. And I know... Big props to many mother teachers out there in the world. And that's why I'm going to read a poem to a mother teacher today, because that's the energy that I feel this morning. Yeah. Shout out to our mothers. Shout out to the strength that they pour into us. And so that yeah. we know how to find ourselves and our voice. Right. Um, can you describe maybe one of your life shifting moments that you maybe got from your mother or got as a poet or, you know, discovered during your journey? I turned 50 years old and, uh, you know, I had, you know, kept Boy, all these- you know, you're still 30. <laughs> I hate to be honest, you you pulling the realness out of me this morning. <laughs> I turned 50 years old and I was still keeping secrets and, and I just, you know, I just felt like I needed to tell my parents of really who I am. And, you know, they knew, they knew I was their child. They knew what they had taught me. They knew I had been in college and grad school and all the wonderful things they had, but I was, you know, I was living a double life. I was, you know, I had come to New York in 2007 and met a person and then we 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 got into a relationship and then all of a sudden you know we had we we got we got married and we were married for almost 10 years and my parents knew nothing about him you know knew nothing about this relationship that I had married someone and he was dying and I had to suffer in silence because I was scared they was going to disown me so this was one of the big life shifted moments for me because I lied, I lied, I kept a secret from them. And they were like, how dare you? How, how dare you? We love you regardless of who you are. And I just, I just, if I could go back and, and be innocent again and just do the right things and just treat, tell the truth. And that's why it informs my work. And that's why I try to tell the truth in my work and, and be honest and, and, and be considerate and, 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 and try to build community and relationships with people because I had it good, you know? I, 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 grew, up in a, I grew up in a very impoverished place, but I had honest, committed people. You know, I think society forces us to to hide ourselves in many ways. And it, it pains me that you had to live, like you said, this double life. And I feel like you have this discomfort because you're not being true to yourself, you know, and right. you're not allowing yourself to fully show up. So I just want to exactly. thank you for fully showing up and like sharing something so intimate with me because you really didn't have to. And you took it there. But there's healing in that in that speaking. There's it sure healing. is. And being able to understand that though you had to suffer, they gave you strength to be able to know how to move forward, right? To be able to how to yes. know how to love and how to let my light shine. Florida 
sometimes has that tendency. I don't know if I, I don't know if you see saw, saw that movie Moonlight, but that's that's a that's a powerful story. You know, that is a powerful story for boys that grew up in Florida like me, you know, that grew up in the backgrounds and the sawgrass and the cypress swamp and all those kinds of things and couldn't really be who they are because of either the the, the conditions, the environment or the situation or whatever the situation ship became. It was a tough way to go when you grew up in a one road town with one traffic light. And that's just basically, if I could tell you, basically describe where I come from, you know? But look how life just changes because you come from, like you say, it, it seemed like a small place, you know, and though you may not have had like other things, but you had enough, you know, to, to show you love, to educate you, to pour into you. Exactly. You were able they to were... find healing. You were yeah. able to be able to connect the dots. Talk about that joy in, or talk about that process first of, you know, coming into the city from such a small place and then right. trying to find that healing. I followed a cohort of teachers to New York for the summer. We won a fellowship through the Gilda Learman Foundation. And it brought me up here to New York and we studied at NYU. We studied Frederick Douglass and slavery. That was that summer. And I said, oh, this is the way that I want to, this is the way I'm going to transition into New York. I just so happened to meet a teacher in that workshop that was retiring that summer. Him and his wife was moving back down south to Atlanta. And he said, I'm going to recommend the print after we had built this relationship. And that's what it's all about, building relationships. I sat with him. We talked. We had lunch. You know, we enjoyed each other's company. And him and his wife were getting ready to retire right after that school. It was almost like the universe was shifting stuff for me to make my transition because I said, I'm in, I'm in the D.C. area, but I want to move on up to New York. And um, the universe opened the door for me. I met this man, Dr. Primus, that summer. And um, him and his wife were moving away back. He was retiring. And he recommended to the principal that I take over his eighth grade social studies class. And that's when it happened. It opened up the door. The principal hired me immediately off the recommendation of the teacher. I didn't have to go through any, any, um, any, any type of interview process. And it was just an amazing journey. And it was in the center of Harlem. It was in the center of Harlem. The school, that was the thing. The school was in the center of Harlem. It was an all boys school, middle school for Catholic boys of color. It was an amazing, amazing moment in my journey. But anyway, later down the line, the school suffered from financial stability and it closed down. But I did have the opportunity to build that relationship there. That's where it started. And I get joy from that, as you asked, because I think what you put into the world comes back in so many ways or what your people put into the world. My mother has always encouraged us to treat people in a certain kind of way. And I moved to New York and I'm, I'm Southern. So how y'all doing? Or how's everybody doing? Everybody in New York doesn't do that. And I didn't, I, I took it personally at first. And my mom said, well, eventually, Robert, you will learn your way through the city. You will learn, and everybody is not impersonal, you know. But as I as I evolved in New York, I've been here almost twelve years now. So as I evolved in the city, you know, I do. You do build community. You do find people alike. You do find other Southern people here that will open up their hearts and open up their doors for you. It's not all impersonal. Everybody in New York don't speak. It's a lot of people that don't speak. They, they don't they don't feel like they have to. But then there's a lot of people that do, that really 
enjoy making other people happy. No, community is key and definitely be able to find their balance because sometimes, you know, some people are to be able to connect with and grow and some people just like, you know, we're just going to keep it pushing. Um, exactly. That's something, yeah, we have to learn how to understand and not take it, you know. Um, yes. Harsh. But you've been in many communities, not only just you being able to teach, you know, participating in Obsidian, right. and Conum, you know, right. you completed your MFA, you have your books out, you're like, yes. you said, a new book, which I'm looking forward to. Yes. Thinking about mm. all of that you have um, experienced, thinking about all that you've done. What do you think is next for you? With the area that we, you and I share, the area of creative arts, the literary creative arts, it is a difficult, it's a difficult road if you look at it like that. But if you understand that it's about being generous, it's about building community, it's about, it's about giving and not receiving. Because the thing about it, if you give and you give from a pure place, all of the things that you're looking for will come back. Well, why was I not selected to be in the fellowship program? If your energy is there, if you are passionate, like Mary Oliver tells us, if you're passionate about a certain thing every day and you pursue that thing, eventually the energy will shift where you will go. And it took a long time for me to understand that because there are there are millions of writers in New York City, millions of people in this city alone that say they are writers, they're poets, they're writers. And so if you want to play it like that, we're in competition with everybody Everybody's in competition with it, but I don't look at it like that. I go, I get joy when I go and teach the elders in the Bronx. And it's just a few elders that want to write. They, they have journals and, you know, they feel beat down by age or they feel like they're not young enough, but they do have stories. They do, they are storytellers, they are poets, they are writers. And I think just to be a part of that evolution and see them come out and, you know, create their chat books or learn about Langston or Mary Oliver or James Baldwin or whoever we're talking about, I think it really encourages them that their story is just as authentic. Everyone has a story. And to get it out there, is, is it starts here. It starts in the workshop process with a group of people that will support and commune and initiate and facilitate with each other, not a group of people that's competitive. I, 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 I push against the competition, you know, and I know that there's a certain process in the poetry world where you have to compete and you have to submit and you have to be on the top and you have to be on top of your game and everybody wants, but I don't like that. I don't like that part of it. I like the part about being generous, giving, giving, giving. That's what my mama taught me. She gave as a third grade teacher. She would give to the community. She would go. She would teach after school program. She would tutor children after school. She would teach. She would she would do things in the community. So that's the kind of lifestyle and that's the kind of tradition I come from. That's a joy for me. That's a big joy for me. Oh, and you will continue to be blessed for the blessings that you gave and that your mother gave and hers and so forth. And you will continue to sow those seeds. But to that notion of making sure that we're trying to give more than we receive, I think exactly um, we have to. And especially this day and age in such a capitalist society, we have to remember that not everything needs to be for profit. Like we need to be able to remember our passions, remember our why, so that, right. you know, our cups will always overflow. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like my mother and my father told me, whatever is for me will be for me. 
You know, whatever is in my, whatever is in my path, in my journey, I have to believe in me. You know, that's why I go back to the point. I wasn't believing in me. So I kept secrets. I hid because I didn't want to tell the world who I am, you know? So when I know who I am and I know, and I'm in control of my narrative, then that's where the power is. And the people will see that power. But a lot of people, don't see it that way. But we have to let our light shine regardless. We can't, you know, I'm dimming because God made us unique for a special reason because it's not yes. about what the others are certain, you know, like, um, it's not about like, you know, like a whole general thing of society thing. It's like you, something, your light may shine so bright for one person and that's good enough. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe just realizing like to now in this day and age, you have <laughs> lived right. a beautiful life and now you can really continue to move forward in your own essence in your own truth without having to be afraid without having because people love you and your energy and yeah. i'm so grateful that you don't have to worry about that judgment you don't and you've realized the love that exists yeah, from exactly. your family from your community and i'm excited to be a part of your community and continue to support and love you because Thank you're you. amazing I and i know you have a poem to share yes. today like you said Yes, I do. I have one poem and I want to dedicate this poem to my mother since it's Mother's Day coming up next month. Shout out to all the mothers and to all the fathers out there. Because one thing I have ran into a lot of fathers that are caregivers and take care of their kids and love their kids. Their kids have been taken away from them for some reason. They, they want to be in their kids life. So also the fathers that are mothers, because this is the relationship between my father, my mother and my mother's brother who recently transitioned last year just jump in the title of this piece is called the 25th of december i guess it would be the same thing if i didn't say that i would try to combine mother and teacher in the same breath but as soon as i left for the south the loud clinging in my ear the fear i saw in my mother's eyes after the death of her brother calvin he would meet her in the morning for breakfast over coffee, over grits, over the little moments in life that we think we will always have. And yes, the old years was a crag. It wagged out of the subway like the missing Z train, the last of the alphabet. I felt sympathy for my mother. Another one of her brothers had transitioned. I guess she feels the numbers decline of age, of burn, or even the turn when we wake up in the morning and turn over for fear. I didn't celebrate this kind of tinsel in December. Not that I'm insensitive to mere trite of the commercial or more. They say they open their purse because they have it. I'd rather have peace. And then my nobility will increase. My uncle transitioned on December 25th and I had to sift through his tie pins and his double-breasted suits. I just couldn't take any more remnants of December with the violent ending, with the feel that I needed in hindsight as I lighted a candle and poured libation for him. This was my tribute, just a minute not the insensitive pouring of sympathy 
of people that visited our house to have a conversation to purge their guilt from year to year. So I sat next to my mom at the funeral. I would even offer her a tissue for the first time. And it could be sympathetic or pathetic all combined that stopped by delivering flowers or sympathy cards that I would hold back my anger just once because she needed me and I'm her oldest. I'm still her child. I'm still her child. I'm glad that you're releasing it. I've had a few cries this week and yeah. it's cleansing, you know, because yes, it is. it in. But yes. it's beautiful to not only just honor our mothers and the fathers and the teaching and the learning, but also how we are coming to heal ourselves, right? And how sometimes we had to be able to take those lessons um, that we didn't get to maybe learn or appreciate while we were with them. Like you said, like those moments of sitting and eating grits, things that we take for granted. We didn't realize, yes. you know, the last time we went home was probably the last time we was going to see our great aunt or great uncle, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. And I loved him. You know, he was a big influence in my life. And it was just like, when you go back and you think about the what people have done and you just... You know, just the little things become so big. Yes. Robert, how are you on your way? It's, this moment has really been difficult for me because I had several gigs lined up last year right before COVID and all of those things were canceled, you know, and, you know, I, I, I was not prepared financially for this situation, but somehow I've made it through somehow because I built relationships with people and community and I have a strong family, they've kind of held me up. So now it's not, well, do you want to go back to nine to five? No, I want to find my divine purpose. And that is, I had to learn in New York, I had to learn how to hustle. So, you know, I'm tutoring or I'm consulting or I'm teaching a class in poetry to a high school class upstate New York online, you know, so there are many ways we have to just find our way. We have to find our divine purpose. I know I'm called to be a poet. And so because I'm called to be a poet and a working poet, it's difficult. It's difficult, but it's difficult because I want to make it difficult. But when I open my heart up and say, okay, so this is what I'm called to do, because I've opened myself up to the creative energy that's in the universe right now that's so important to the entire world, all the poets, all the writers, all the artists, all the sketchbook, all the comic books, all the people that are creative, we are so important to the universe right now. It is, it is our calling. It is our time. And so because I've called myself to this mission and because I'm dedicated to the community of writers around the world, you know, I know I'll be all right. I know I'll be all right. And so the next moment for me, like you asked, is finding my divine purpose, following that calling, following that mission, and wherever it leads me, you know, I do want to go back to school and pursue a PhD one day and in, in whatever. And just so that I could write scholarly articles, you know, I want to do that if it, if the universe wants, if it happens, you know, but if not, I'm still I'm, I'm I want to be satisfied with me. And if it takes the next 10 years to be satisfied with me, that's what I want to do.
and I'm growing in that area. I'm paying my, I'm paying my bills. I'm, con I'm paying my bills. <laughs> and I have to say that. <laughs> I'm paying my bills. I'm paying because I'm. I want to do right. You know, I don't want to ignore the student loans. I don't want to ignore the light bill. I don't want to ignore. I want to pay and do right, <laughs> and then I'll be. I'll be blessed because I'm putting the energy in the right places and not hiding. I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a tangent. Oh no, you didn't. That's <laughs> how you on your way, and you putting it out there so that you can be able to receive it. You know what I'm saying? So it's all right. I'm glad that you're working through it. I'm glad that you're claiming it. I'm glad that you're owning everything that has led you to this moment, so that the next steps, all you have to do is just show up. You know what I'm saying? Because you already That's know right. what it is. You just got to show up. Yes. So I'm proud That's of right. you. I'm proud of the community. I look forward to watching how God continues to bless you. And I hope that Thank you. we can continue to be a blessing to each other. Tell the people where can they connect with you at? Where can they buy your books and also the upcoming? Um, I collaborate with a visual artist here in New York. Um in, in the Brooklyn area. So we did eight, she did 18 paintings to Zora Neale Hurston. I did 18 poems. We created a book. It's called Some Little Words. And so you can connect with me at Anthony Instagram. At Anthony A N T. Go back to the okay, website okay. because um, you can connect with. Okay. Okay. So I collaborated with a visual artist by the name of Amy Williams here in Brooklyn at the 440 Gallery. And so 440 Gallery create, published this book between the collaboration between me and Amy Williams. It's called Some Little Words through the 440 Gallery. So you can connect with me at Anthony Robert Gibbons on Instagram or the, at the 440 Gallery on Instagram. So we're on Instagram. And so that book is coming out next month. And so you can always connect with us on Instagram and we, we will get a copy of that book. We're very excited. The books are already here now and, and it's pretty much sold out already. But we do have a few stash for special people. And I'm definitely going to got you. I got you. Okay, I'm I got I'm you. About in my, to say, let me put my order yeah, on. So, yeah. <laughs> It's exciting. Thank you for having me. And um, we have to put the work in and we have to have faith. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Right. It's an honor. I hope you it's have a honor. wonderful day. If you are hiding your light, if you are scared to be yourself, just know that people are waiting for you to let your light shine. So don't be afraid to tell your truth, to show up, to build community, because your voice matters, your life matters, and we love you. Until next time, this is Issa Cosette. Y'all be blessed.